Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Gen Z Girl podcast. My name is Abby Aslan, if you are new here, and I am the host of this podcast. Um, today, I just wanted to do a Q&A episode. I feel like it's been a minute since I've done one, and I know I've done like an advice episode more recently, but I think some of the questions I'll be giving today are advice-based, but then some are also just questions that you all had for me about things going on like in my life because I you know I share my life with you all so obviously there are questions that come up over time and yeah I just wanted to do that kind of episode today so if you aren't a part of the Gen Z Girl podcast Facebook group I highly encourage you to join and also follow the Gen Z Girl podcast on Instagram which is just at Gen Z Girl podcast I would greatly appreciate it and it will help you keep up with everything that's going on with the podcast which why wouldn't you want to do that Anyways, my goal for this week, you guys know what, wait, I am like totally skipping the quote. What am I doing? My quote for this week is um, something I saw on Pinterest. It's kind of like more of a graphic. I feel like it's not as much of a quote, but it says ripples. When you create a difference in someone's life, you not only impact their life, you impact everyone influenced by them throughout their entire lifetime. No act is ever too small. I love this because I feel like no matter what you do or say for other people, whether it's something good and positive and uplifting or if it's something that is maybe more negative or harsh or just not nice, um, I feel like a lot of times we don't realize how much weight our words carry. And I know that everyone always says this and talks about this and it's, you know, common sense. But I'd really like how this quote sort of emphasized how what we whenever we do create a difference in someone else's life, we are creating a difference in everyone that is influenced by that person through their lifetime because it truly does carry through. Like, it's very transitive like that. And this is just so true because, you know, I think of the people who inspired me and encouraged me and just uplifted me when, you know, I was nervous about starting a podcast and nervous about starting a YouTube channel and how much, you know, their encouragement impacted me. And in turn, with that impacting me, I've been able to, you know, hopefully help so many people in having my YouTube channel and in having the podcast. So it's just truly um, kind of amazing when you think about it. But at the same time, on the opposite end of that, um, obviously, you know, there have been things that have been said to me in my lifetime that I can remember the exact place I was, what I was wearing, um, you know, like what the weather was like that day because what someone said to me hurt me so badly and even that just carries on with me through my lifetime and it keeps me from saying anything like that to anyone else um so I think it's really important just because I feel like with social media and everything it's so easy to sort of just write off you know how um an influencer's life may seem or whatever and I I don't know why I'm referring to just influencers right now anyone honestly but I just I don't know why I just felt like I needed to say today please do not put so much weight on what influencers and content creators post because I promise you what you see it truly is it I mean sometimes it is a highlight reel sometimes it's not I try to be very like transparent with everything and show the highs and the lows But I'm going to say 100%, you know, there are absolutely times when we have to just, you know, slap on a smile and, you know, pretend everything's good and, you know, no one can tell and nobody knows. And so you may think, you know, that your favorite influencer is just like killing it in all areas of life and is just like the happiest person ever, has everything going on for them and it's all great, but you 
actually like don't know. It may look like that from a picture and from, you know, a few clips you may see, but you seriously do not know. And I think it's so important to remember that so you're not caught putting too much weight into what you see because if you, you know, give it too much credit, um, you're going to be sitting there comparing yourself and you're comparing yourself to something that doesn't even have a basis that's actually um, true, honestly. So that's a tangent. Hello. Um, but I just felt like I needed to say that today just because I feel like that's something I've kind of been going through and experiencing lately. I feel like I've just, I don't know. It just, sometimes life is hard and things are just rough and it's stuff that you want to keep to yourself and you still just got to keep trucking on through with, um, you know, being somebody on the internet, I guess. And even if, you know, it's not an influencer or a content creator, every day, you know, like people who don't have a platform, they still do the exact same thing. I'm just emphasizing the importance of not like putting influencers or content creators on any type of pedestal because you truly don't know what they're going through. You don't know what anyone's going through. And with that, you'd never know how far um, a kind message or a kind comment can go, whether that's to you know, a content creator that you look up to or whether that's just your friend on social media or, you know, maybe it's someone you went to grade school with and you haven't talked to them in forever and they just seem like they're doing well so you just want to give them a message of encouragement. You never know how far that can take you and it may inspire them to do the same for somebody else and you never know when someone is really struggling to get through their day and like not sure how they're going to make it and your kind words, um, you know, just really lifted them up. So keep that in mind. Be a good person, you know. I really like that quote. So my goal for this week um, is to basically just figure out how on earth I'm going to study for my midterm. I literally don't know how to study anymore, you guys, because I don't have to that often, to be honest. I This is like my first test of this entire semester, and I'm not going to have another one until finals, and it won't be, uh, or I'll only have two finals. So <laughs> there's really just not much going on there, and um, I just feel like I don't know how to study anymore because everything is so project-based, and I love that. That's something I love about grad school. Um, but on the other hand, when I do have these tests and midterms and everything, I am just like, what? How do I even study? I don't remember. So I really just want to use my time wisely in the coming, you know, like nine days before my midterm and just be sure I am doing well and making sure I'm dedicating time to studying because I don't want to go into it feeling unprepared because that's the worst feeling. I know it's uh, simple, but you know, that's just my goal for this week because that's what I need to do. And then my gratitude for this week, I am super thankful for a new month. It's March. Hallelujah. Um, February was so fast. I felt like the first like 10 days were a little slow, but after that I just blinked and it was over. Like, I don't know what happened between Valentine's Day and the end of the month. You, if you ask me, I truly don't know because it went by so fast. And, um, I'm just thankful for a new month. I, in the past, I've not always thought like of spring being like one of my favorite seasons I'm always like oh my gosh fall is such my aesthetic and like not even my aesthetic I just like the aesthetic of it and I just love the weather in the fall and the um, environments in the fall and just how everything looks and I really love um, just the general holiday season I guess you could say because there's just a lot of holidays right around then so it's you know good time and in the past, like, my birthday is literally in the spring, it's in April, and I've never, like, loved my birthday season just because it's always such, it's, like, ever since I was little, it was always standardized testing for the state was always on my birthday. I always had to take some kind of standardized test on my birthday growing up, and then um, I've taken the ACT, like, the day after my birthday, 
and it's, you know, usually like whatever, always raining, storming, whatever, just little things like that. So I've just never really like loved my birthday season. And also um, tax day, out of going into tax counting, is two days before my birthday, which is not fun. Um, but it's okay because, you know, busy seasons vary. But anyways, um, I don't know what it is this year, but I am like super into spring. I don't know if anyone else is getting that vibe, but I'm just like, it's getting a little bit warmer slowly, but surely I am living for the warmer weather. And if you listen to me and watch me and everything like that, you know that I just love, you know, like cooler weather and getting all comfy and like sweatpants and that kind of thing. Um, I don't like hot weather usually just because I'm naturally a warm person. So it just, I, I get hot really easily. So I've actually been really enjoying the nicer weather though. Um, when it has been nicer and not raining and I'm just so looking forward to having you know a little bit nicer weather it being warmer I love like the clothes that are out right now for spring I mean I haven't bought anything and I definitely don't really have many like spring or summer clothes but I'm not gonna like worry about that right now um I hate buying stuff because I feel like I never end up wearing it so (laughs) um anyways I just like love the fashion I guess right now I love the feeling of just going into a new season and a new month um just for like new beginnings and I'm just like super dedicated to making the most of this month and really embracing all that March has to offer um because we are literally this semester flying by like what is going on but anyways that's my gratitude I love myself the start of a new month as an excuse to just kind of start fresh and Um, it's just, I don't know, I feel very optimistic, I guess, is how I feel this month. But at the same time, there's a lot of other stuff going on that's kind of pulling me in the opposite direction of that. But overall, I feel like just the way the air feels, there's something in the air that makes me feel very optimistic. Sorry if my voice keeps, like, trailing from the microphone. My dog is, like, trying to bite my hands and attack me right now because I'm filming this, or not filming, recording this on my bed. So I'm trying to sort of, like, dodge her and also have her not step on my computer at the same time. So hopping into the whole questions, I guess you could say I had you all ask me questions on the Gen Z Girl podcast Instagram, so definitely be following that if you um, want to be able to participate next time, because that's where I typically ask um, for questions and advice and everything whenever y'all, or whenever I do these episodes. So the first question is, do you ever think about that transition from college to the real world? Um, Absolutely, all the time. I think I'm like really struggling with this right now, actually. I know it's going to be really difficult. I have a lot of, you know, friends that have already graduated and have been in the real world, um, you know, for a year or two already. And, you know, they've all told me it's a lot harder than I thought it would be. And granted, they are, you know, going through all of this with COVID right now, too. So they had, you know, something added to their plate during the adjustment. But I do think um, it's going to be difficult, you know, and I don't like to sit here and dwell on it right now. Um, beforehand just because I don't want to worry about it until the time comes to worry about it. I feel like it's a waste of my time and energy to sit here and dwell on something that's not here yet just because what is me sitting here worrying about it, dwelling on it, questioning it right now? How is that going to benefit anything in the future? It's not going to. It's not going to affect it. If anything, it's just going to make my perspective more um, negative and bleak and I'm not going to be as ready going into it because I've been dwelling on it so long so I try not to like dwell on it and think about it I guess you could say but what I will say I've been I need some clarity like if someone has experienced this that has gone from you know college to working in the real world or whatever 
please let me know, especially if you're, like, moving from or moving to an entirely new city. I um, am feeling – I'm trying to think of the best way to describe this. The past, like, week or so, I have felt like I have just wanted to retreat almost into, like, my high school self, which sounds so bizarre and weird. And I don't want to say, like, my high school self, meaning, like, I want to go back to that lifestyle because that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying I, like, want to go back to high school. (laughs) That's absolutely not what I'm saying. I guess what I'm saying is I want to go back to that feeling of being that young because I think with my end of my master's degree like creeping up on me in June and all of that kind of happening and I know it's coming very soon it's sort of just creating this subconscious like thought in my head and feeling where I'm like wishing I was young again because I know this huge step is coming and when I say retreat back to my high school self it's just funny because I feel like I've been listening to a lot of the music I liked a lot in high school um it was so funny I was just like browsing websites the other day like just looking at like spring clothes and like swimsuits and everything and um I found myself like really looking at stuff that was like the style of me in high school and I'm not saying like um going back directly to those clothes I'm just saying like the brands that I wore like I loved like surf style clothes like all the surfing brands and like very like beachy attire and I feel like I'm like really gravitating towards all that right now for some reason whenever I like see ads for clothes or I like see people on Instagram or like YouTube videos I'm like really gravitating towards like super beachy um type of stuff and it's just so weird I was sitting there in my car last night um on my way home from my class and I was just thinking about it and I was like why am I feeling like I'm sort of just like falling into this comfort of everything I enjoyed in high school right now like what is going on what is shifting in me and I truly think it is knowing that one I will not ever be I mean at least not that I know of living in my hometown for like a extended period of time again um so I think that thought is causing a lot of that and then also just the thought of oh I'm about to move but it's not like you know, when you go to college, you know you're going to be there for four years, five years, whatever, and you kind of just know that there's an end to your time there. Knowing I'm about to move to Houston and I have no idea how long I'm going to be there and it's just indefinite is so scary to me just because it's a new place. And so I think that moving to a new place and knowing it's indefinite and then knowing it's like I'm not going to be going back to my hometown for like summer breaks anymore or anything like that, Having all of those things, I feel like, is making me uncomfortable. So I'm, like, trying to retreat into comfort by clinging to all these things that just, like, remind me of home. And I've been, like, missing home so much lately. And normally when I'm at school, I mean, like, I miss the beach and I miss my family, of course. But I'm never, like, craving going home, if that makes sense. And um, I've, like, felt that way more this semester. It's just super weird. Um, This is a really long tangent for this question. But I think that knowing that that transition is coming up is making me retreat into all of these, like, mental behaviors. And um, psychologically, I'm just sort of clinging to everything that, like, reminds me of home because I know it's not really, like, what I'm going to call home anymore here pretty shortly, which is just crazy. And part of me wishes I could just take Panama City Beach, like, the pace of life there and just take it with me because when I go home, I just, oh, my gosh, my stress is, like, so 
it's just gone like I swear it's gone I mean obviously there's some things that don't just like go away but I feel like I'm so much more in a natural state of peace the pace of life there is just very um happy go lucky go with the flow very you know it's very easy going and I wanted nothing more than to get out of that place my entire time living there um for the most part and like 10% of the time I was like wow I really love it here but then the other 90% I was like I need to get out of here but I think it was primarily because of just being used to like the same stuff and like the same people whatever and um now it's just like oh my gosh I'm about to go to Houston this is like the fourth largest city in the nation and coming from a small beach town um I'm not gonna get to just like go surf or paddleboard um super easily anymore and not that I've been able to do that during college and just all this stuff so it's just like making me uncomfortable I guess but I know it's part of it so I'm embracing it um And I know, like, Houston, I feel like, is a very, like, hustle-hard type of city. I feel like everyone there is, you know, on the grind, which is great. And I think that's a great thing for me being in my 20s. But part of me wants nothing more than to just, like, literally say screw everything and go home and, like, start a business and literally just surf and be at the beach and be around family, be close to family, all that kind of stuff. Which I think that all of that is a result of this transition coming up on me like I've said just because I haven't really felt that way at all during college um and my parents will more than likely um you know hopefully will be closer to them in the coming years or whatever um as I live in Texas longer and everything so that's a really long answer to that question but I thought I would explain it because if you haven't gone through the whole transition yet and you're like me or um you know you're going to be in the coming years I want to share this with you because if something similar happens to you and you find yourself completely questioning everything and just being like why do I miss home so much right now like if that's the case or like why do I feel so uncomfortable I want to share my thoughts and my feelings with you all so that you all can hopefully have something to relate to you know next question is are you going to wait till after you graduate the study for the CPA or get a head start on it right now So my online class that I mentioned a couple episodes ago um, doesn't start until March 14th, I think, and it doesn't end until May. So once that class ends and I get, like, the completion um, thing from it, like, I don't know if I have to get my transcript necessarily, but I guess once I get my final grade um, and I can send that to the Texas State Board, um, then they will be able to hopefully approve my application. And I can't start, um, like, I guess you're asking about studying, not taking it so I am going to start studying I think probably in April maybe like right after my birthday um I don't know if that's too late though so I may do early April I'm kind of trying to that's actually something I'm like working on right now I'm trying to like make a timeline in my head um just because depending on how long it takes for the board to approve my application and then um get my notice of schedule I will be taking it I'm hoping to take my first section before July 1st um because that's when um a lot of the exams are changing so I'm trying to take the two exams that are going to be getting more content on them after July 1st before July 1st so that I can take them before they get added content um so I'm trying to hopefully take at least my first one you know before July 1st So I'm thinking I'm going to start studying, but I'm a little bit worried about starting the study too early, especially if, like, the notice of schedule takes a long time, because if I start studying too early, I don't want to be stuck with, like, this really long review period, because I know some people may think, like, oh, that's really good if you go ahead and get started, but you really don't want to get too, too ahead of a head start, because, you know, you can review all day long, but 
you'll start to, you know, forget some of that stuff with time um, that you, like, really drilled, I guess, when you were actually going through everything. So um, I will probably start studying it, and it honestly depends on how, like, my classes are going. I'm thinking I'll be able to manage it because, I mean, it'll be six classes with studying for the CPA, with having a graduate assistant position, and then with everything else in my life. So I'm hoping that I will be able to manage it and everything, but I'm thinking it'll probably be, like, early April or, you know, like, right after my finals, but I will really have to be cramming everything um, if it's, if I don't start studying until the end of April, I feel like, if they do my notice schedule quickly, which I'm hoping they will, but that's okay because I will have, you know, that one class ending in May, and then um, that's online, and I can do that and study for the CPA and just have that going on um, for about a month, and then my um, physical in-person class during the summer is a month long, and that will only be one class, two hours a day, um, five days a week, so I will have time to study. I just, like, don't know when I'm going to start yet, Um, and next question is also CPA-related, so sorry if you have no interest in this, but someone asked if you need the CPA for your job. I know you said you'd finish up the CPA while working full-time, so no, you technically don't need your CPA license until you make um, either senior or manager. I don't know. I'm trying to remember till like your third year if you're in um you know big four public accounting or whatever is from what I've heard I believe it's your third year I haven't like gone to a recruiting event or talked to anybody I feel like I'm forever about this stuff so I could be saying the wrong thing but I believe it's your third year and um so you have time like you totally don't have to like drill it all out but the reason why everyone is like tries so hard to get it done so quickly and why you see like all these students like trying to take it before they're out of college and everything and within their first year is a lot of firms like I think even like non-big four firms they do you know give a bonus if you complete all four sections of the CPA within one year of starting so that's a huge motivation for everyone and also nobody wants to be studying for you know four different exams that are super hard while also working full-time and even more than full-time like more hours than full-time so no one wants to really do that so everyone wants to get it done as soon as possible but um hopefully that answers your question well so i got some questions about like the best way to eat healthy in college my favorite lunch ideas um the best way to eat healthy in college this is like super subjective um i personally just think balance is everything you know i ate fusakli's last night which is a fried chicken fast food place it's amazing highly recommend it's mainly in alabama and i think there's like one in pensacola um it's so so good if you ever come across one but you know i feel like most of the time um i think cooking at home is like the best way because you know what you're putting into your meals um i normally when i cook dinners i'm just like okay i need a vegetable a carb and a protein and i just sort of structure everything around that so protein options in my head I'm thinking okay there's ground turkey ground chicken there's chicken breast there's fish um, shrimp those kind of things and then you know carbs can be sweet potatoes they can be regular potatoes um, rice and I'm spacing pasta those kinds of things and then vegetables any vegetable really so I try to just sort of structure everything around that and I'll just like switch up different meals and seasonings and I think if you're like committed to just having you know more of a balanced like lifestyle with what you're eating and everything in college the best thing to do is just sort of try and plan it out I plan out like the five meals I will be cooking that week on normally like Friday and then I go to the grocery store and we eat dinner at home five nights a week and we 
basically always eat lunch at home and we always eat breakfast at home unless it's just like a you know an incident over the weekend where we're like oh let's go get um a breakfast burrito and eat outside or something so I I mean like we eat at home a lot and I always plan it out so I'm not like oh Monday we're having this meal Tuesday we're having this meal it's more so of these are the meals that I bought ingredients for for this week and whatever I feel like eating on which day is when I'll eat that and you know some nights I need to cook something quicker so I save like the easier meals for those nights I need something quicker um, if that makes sense but I really just truly think that the best way is just sort of you know kind of having things planned out and um, listening to your body with what it needs because healthy to me doesn't mean like eating, you know, just super strict, like whole foods that are super clean. Healthy means having a balance, like healthy means making sure like the relationship with food is good as well. So, um, yeah, that's kind of that. I hope that helps. I know that's not very, um, that's not like any sound advice or I don't know. I feel like it's not, but I feel like I eat my most balanced and I feel my best when I'm planning my meals out, which I've done this entire semester. Whereas last semester I didn't really do that. And we ate out a lot more because I would just tell myself I didn't feel like cooking when in reality, I just didn't know what to cook. But now that I plan everything out, um, in advance and I buy the ingredients for it, I don't want my groceries to go to waste and my money to go to waste. So I'm like, I got to cook it. And then, um, I know what I'm putting into things. So, and then also, of course, you know, I had Fusacli's last night and that's very common. I normally eat like Taco Mama, which is like chips, queso, um, tacos, that kind of thing, like once a week too. So it's all about balance for me. And um, for favorite lunch ideas lately, I've been really loving getting a tortilla and doing the TikTok hack. If you go on my YouTube channel and um, I think the in the title it says current fave meals or something like that I show how I make it but where you can like fold the tortilla um and just sort of put something in each quadrant of the tortilla someone commented that I was using such mathematical terms when I was explaining it and they were so right because I was like oh I cut along the radius of the tortilla and then in this quadrant I put but that's the only way I know how to describe it because my life is in math um because of my (laughs) history of math and like math team in middle school and stuff that's the only way I know how to describe when I'm talking about cutting and putting things in portions of a circle so anyways I really enjoy doing that with like some lunch meats some different like sauces and like pestos and um that kind of thing and I've been eating that a lot I also love like Trader Joe's chicken cilantro mini wontons with some rice can't go wrong with that and a lot of times we'll do leftovers too if we have them for lunch so um next question is have you ever dealt with body image issues yes absolutely um this I talk about like a lot of things in life being a journey and this is one of those things I can be working out more than I've ever worked out before but that doesn't mean that I'm fully confident in my body like I have gone through times you know where I was in my best shape and I thought I looked my worst and um I just think that it can be really hard because a lot of it I think stems from comparison like you're not happy with yourself because you're holding your you're subconsciously holding yourself to a standard that you need to look like someone else you saw online and I think that was a lot of my problem um when I my body image issues have been the worst is that I didn't realize it but a lot of what I was like seeing online was what I was kind of subconsciously comparing myself to when I looked in the mirror and I would get upset or think I looked bad when I didn't see what I wanted to see necessarily and that's not okay (laughs) so um now you know I just 
try to stay very conscious of that and I feel like I just really work on loving my body through all it goes through and I honestly just express so much gratitude for my body I express so much gratitude for being able to like lift more weight in the gym this week than I did last week and for how strong it is and how much it's you know growing and how much stronger it's getting and everything and I think in doing that and expressing that gratitude for my body and what it's able to do for me I have come to love it so much more even on the days where I don't feel my best because even on the days I don't feel my best and you know I may be really bloated or I just don't really feel right I'm still like this is the same body today that it was yesterday and I love it regardless so that's kind of how I look at everything now but um in high school I had a lot of like issues with body image and um that was probably when it was a it was at its worst and then I think um there were like a few little spotty periods in college that didn't last as long where it got kind of where I got kind of like sad about it and everything and I think that it's something that everyone goes through and it's nothing to be ashamed of I just think that it's important to love your body regardless um and through all seasons because it truly takes you through so much you know it's how you get yourself to work it's how you get yourself to school it's you know I don't know it's just amazing and your body's amazing and you don't have to fit a certain standard you don't have to look like someone else on the internet you don't have to be a certain size um to be considered beautiful I think everyone is beautiful in their own way because everyone's created completely differently and I think there is so much beauty in that itself so the fact that like my body looks nothing like someone else's and the fact that you know someone else's legs may be really long while mine may be you know shorter there I think there's beauty and all that difference so that's my spiel on that so next question is how to set boundaries with college roommates this is a good question um I had the same roommate um I had three roommates my freshman year and um then I had one of those roommates went with me for sophomore and junior year and then she transferred back home for senior year so I lived with her for three years technically and I think the most important thing is to just like be up front um and just sort of address things whenever you first move in just to prevent as much as you can because if you just wait for things to happen and then address them you're likely to come across way more issues if that makes sense So before you move in, if you're someone who doesn't like to really talk about this stuff in person, then do it over text. That's totally fine. Um, You know, you don't have to have like this super like intense conversation in person about boundaries. You can text them before your move-in date and just be like, hey, like let's go ahead and set up like how we want to, you know, figure out cleaning. Like I think the best thing is to just always like if you use something or if you use an area, clean up from yourself after it before you leave like so if I'm in the living room and I'm you know watching tv and I have a glass of water and a blanket unfolded and everything and I've kind of strung my stuff out everywhere before I get up and move back to my room I would make sure that I you know brought my glass of water with me reset up the couch if you know I can or if I messed it up and then you know try and refill my blanket Obviously, we all, like, are not perfect and we're not going to be like that all the time, but I think that in my mind, that's what I always tried to do. Same thing with the kitchen. Like, once you get done using your dishes, like, try and clean them if you can. Like, obviously, sometimes the dishwasher is running, but always just be sure to be timely with stuff because I think that problems happen when people just kind of leave their messes sitting around for a long time. You know, you can decide to alter off on, like, trash, taking trash out, and um, setting boundaries is all about communication, um, and that is whether it's with your roommate with a significant other 
setting boundaries is always about communication. So I think the best way to do it is just do it up front. Um, you know, like have a conversation about cleaning, have a conversation about having guests over, have a conversation about anything and everything possible. Like, you know, how late each one of you stay up if you know, you need complete silence to go to sleep and you can't be hearing like their TV or their friends at night. Like you need to have that conversation probably even before you choose a roommate if possible. But if you don't have the luxury of choosing a roommate, then you just need to have this before you move in together. Because otherwise you're going to run into each and every one of those problems eventually. And it's just going to end up causing a lot of resentment between the two of you. And my roommate and I, I don't think like really had any set conversations. And I think we could have, um, And we never, like, went through anything, like, super terrible. Like, we had our disagreements here and there. But that's part of life. I wasn't expecting to go through having a roommate for three years and having, like, zero issues. Um, But she was the best. (laughs) But, like, obviously we're going to have, like, minor, you know, like, little tiffs and disagreements um, within three years of living together, obviously. But I think if we would have had a few conversations, you know, like, from the get-go. Things probably could have, like, been a little bit more smooth throughout those tiffs, but it's all good. Um, So definitely just try and have it beforehand. And, you know, it's not the end of the world if you do get in an argument with your roommate. Just always try and, you know, don't ever – I if there's no reason to, and I don't condone, like, really attacking anyone in general, um, you know, just try and handle it maturely like an adult and, you know, don't ever like try and like attack them and be down their throat. I think having a simple com- civil conversation about it is the best way to handle it. And that's what my roommate and I always said, you know, like when we had a problem or like something like wasn't working between the two of us, we would have a conversation about it. And a lot of times it was over text. We probably had like one conversation in person, but a lot of the times it was over text just because I think both of us didn't really like confrontation. So it worked best when we could like text each other when we both weren't in the apartment and figure things out then so that whenever we come back to the apartment, we can be like ourselves and like hang out again um, whenever we did have a disagreement. And, you know, like I said, everyone has disagreements. It's normal to disagree with your roommate and have those differences because you're not going to live your life the same exact way. And that's just how that is. Um, So yeah, hopefully that's helpful. So how to stop being scared of finding a job or of not finding a job after college. So this is super scary and I am very, very thankful to be in the position I'm in where I've had a, you know, job. I've known that I would have a job since July. So I'm very, very thankful for that. And I totally know that that is such a blessing. So unfortunately, this is not something that I've like experienced um, myself. But I think my best advice that I can give is to just tell yourself as long as you are putting yourself out there and working towards getting a job, the right one is going to come your way like at the right time. Um, I have a lot of trust in like things working out um, when they're supposed to. You know what I mean? Um, as long as I'm putting the effort in and that's kind of like what I've always told myself, you know, as long as I know I have put in, put my best foot forward and I've tried my best in whatever it is in life, I try not to like let myself have excess stress because it's like, what more could I do? You know what I mean? Um, so I think as long as you're putting yourself out there, whatever that means, whether that's like, you know, like applying to as many jobs as you can or using your connections to your advantage, um, that kind of thing as long as you kind of strive towards that and tell yourself, like, I am working my hardest for this, 
um, I think that that can help reduce the stress because I think a lot of the stress comes from like, should I be doing more or should I be trying harder to get a job and that kind of thing. Um, and that might be really terrible advice, but in my head, when I read this question, I was like, I feel like this is the best way to sort of go about it and just know that if you're working towards finding a job and you're being active in that pursuit, it's going to work out. Um, and you know, it may be stressful in the time where you don't have one and it may be stressful, um, while you're waiting, you know, to hear back and everything, but just trusting that everything will work out, um, as it should is helpful, (laughs) but I'm not saying that to just sort of like dismiss any stress you have at all, because I think that having the stress is perfectly fine and healthy and normal for that. But I do think that if you can tell yourself, hey, I've tried my hardest, you know, because I'm trying my hardest, the right thing is going to come to me at the right time. And that's how I kind of think of that. So the next question is, how do you plan a vlog? Do you picture it in your head? I just thought this question was funny. So no, I don't picture it in my head. I honestly just pick up the camera and I just go about my usual day. Um, That's one thing that is so like raw and real with me on YouTube. Like if you were to literally come around and follow me for an entire day, it would be exactly what you see in a vlog. Um, Because that's just kind of how vlogs are for me. I just pick up my camera and I go a lot about my day. Um, Occasionally, I will have like certain things I want to talk about. Like if something happened over like a weekend when I wasn't vlogging that I really want to share. Or if, you know, just something happened while I wasn't vlogging in general. Or I have some sort of like epiphany with um, some advice I want to share on my YouTube channel. I'll take note of it in my notes and be sure that I like remember to say something about it or share it in a vlog, um, but that's, like, the most planning that I do, I feel like, honestly, just because vlogs are very, like, low-key in that sense, but the next question is, um, what is something relaxing that you do? So, because my routine has been so good and, like, so strict lately, I've had so much more free time, and I think that because I'm, I was talking about this in a vlog, um, yesterday, and I don't think, it's not up yet, um, as of right now on the Wednesday that I'm recording this episode, but it may be up by the time you all are listening to this episode, I was talking about how much of a blessing it is to, like, have free time, and something I've learned in grad school is that, like, I don't have to book myself just because I have free time. I feel like in undergrad, I, that was, like, the, what I lived by subconsciously, like, I didn't mean to, and I didn't know I was, but now, like, in hindsight, I'm like, wow, I seriously was booking every minute of free time I had just because I felt like I needed to be doing something at all times, whether that was, you know, working on meeting more friends or working towards my career or working towards getting better grades or working on making my YouTube channel better. I was like always thinking in my free time, I got to add something to do. And now I do not live that way at all. I'm like, (laughs) I have three hours of free time. Nobody talked to me. Like I am not attending to anyone or anything. Like this is my time and something relaxing that I love to do. I've been reading almost every single night, um, and having a cup of, um, tea, the puka, warm it's not warm it's it is warm but the name is not warm it's the puka chamomile and lavender and like manuka honey tea been having a cup of that and reading on my candle almost every night and that's just like life-changing like lighting a candle that's probably the most relaxing part of my day and I look forward to it every single day so thought I would share that um and next question is how do you pick up your motivation for fitness when you lose it So I have been on like the best fitness grind lately, I feel like, um, since really the start of the semester. I just really, I think having a mental commitment before you jump into it makes a big difference. In the past, I've just kind of told myself like, yeah, I'm going to like try and work out as much as possible. And that's like all I would, you know, say. 
But, like, the entire time I was at home um, over Christmas break, I wasn't working out. And I took, like, this long break. And that whole break, in my head, I was building up, like, all this motivation. And I was, you know, thinking to myself, I cannot wait to get back in the gym. I cannot wait to start exercising again. I'm going to commit myself to exercising a minimum of four times a week because I know that is what makes me feel my best. And I sort of just had that mental commitment going into the semester and I haven't let go of it. Um, And I honestly haven't really lost motivation because that's like the perfect balance for me is going four to five times a week. So I'm like really listening to my body. And there's been like one week where I only went two or three times and that's totally fine. And I think my body needs that rest periodically. And to answer like how I pick up my motivation when I lose it, do something different. Instead of just like telling yourself, I'm not motivated today, so I'm not going to go. If if your body's telling you that it's tired and it needs a rest, then listen to it by all means and rest. But if you like feel yourself like in that state where you're like, oh, I have the energy to expend for sure in the gym and like I probably should go, but I don't feel that motivated, so I'm not going to. Or I don't feel like it today. Trust me, I've been there, done that. Uh, happens a lot. I think the biggest thing for me, I go in the morning and I know that on my days I don't have class. The way my morning is, is I wake up, I walk my dog, I eat my breakfast, I get ready, and I go. And I just sort of know that that's how my, how my day is going to go. And I kind of like knowing that and having that in my control and knowing that that's how each day I don't have class is going to go. So honestly, as much as I love the afternoon workouts because I feel like I have more energy, um, I'm more sleepy in the afternoon, but I feel like because I've ate more during the day, um, I have a lot more like actual physical energy, whereas in the morning, I'm like still waking up, so I don't love that, but I feel like my body is now kind of used to going in the morning, so I feel like the energy is pretty matched as to what it be in the afternoon, but I do highly recommend going in the morning if you can. Um, I'm thankful that my schedule allows for that on the days I don't have class because I don't have my, any of my graduate assistant work until the afternoon or evening. So I know that that's what my morning is like dedicated to. So I think going in the morning is really helpful. And I also think that switching things up is t- in terms of like what you're working out. So like last week, for example, I was, it was one of my, I think it was one of my upper body days. It was, I think it was back and arms. And I left the gym and I was like, that was such a bad workout. And I was just feeling really discouraged. And I was like, that was really boring to me, honestly, because I normally like love going. I enjoy every minute of it. The time flies by when I'm there. And um, I just felt like when I left, I was just like, oh, I like don't feel great like about that. Like it wasn't very enjoyable to me. It felt very routine. Like, and I realized I was like, I've literally done like the same back day for two months straight. I was like, something needs a change. So when I did the next back day, I like went on Instagram, like went through all my like saved workouts from the fitness influencers I follow. And I was like picking out new exercises to do. And lo and behold, the next time I did a back day and it was completely different exercises, I felt like I was on top of the flipping world because I switched things up. It re-inspired me and re-motivated me. And instead of just sort of telling myself like oh that was sucky I don't think I'm ever going to do that again I made a change and that can mean doing switching up your workouts like in terms of you know the actual exercises you're doing it can mean challenging yourself by adding more weight or more reps it can mean literally trading out one day a week to do some sort of different cardio like if you're typically in the gym every single time you work out try and just switch one of those days out or at least add a day of like 
some outdoor walking or outdoor jogging or something. Just switch it up, and I truly think that's the best way to keep yourself on that grind and, like, keep yourself on that motivation and keep it up. But you do have to, like, know that it's going to have peaks and valleys and you're going to have times where your motivation is very low. But what you decide to do in those valleys and in those low times is what distinguishes you and what makes your results different at the end of the day. So it's really important to, you know, stay motivated during those times and work your hardest, but it is important to rest and listen to your body as well. So you have to, like, make sure you're really in tune with yourself for that. So that is my tips for that. What advice do you have from your high school experience? I feel like I've answered this before. Um, The biggest thing is literally just be yourself. Um, I feel like there's a lot of pressure to, like, conform to the popular things in high school and to what everyone else is doing and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, you're never going to know yourself if you don't be yourself. So it's important to be yourself so you don't go into college and you're like, who on earth am I? Because you've been all of your self-worth and like who you are has been determined by just following a crowd for, you know, four or five years. So that's super important. And I also think that, um, what was the other thing I was going to say? Oh my gosh, it was just in my head and now I'm forgetting it. It was being yourself. Oh, and then being like in the moment. Because I think that you get to a point in high school where you're like, where I think it's like junior year. Um, a lot of times you get so excited about college, which is normal and everything. And you're like, oh, I can't wait to like go off, be on my own and, you know, have all this freedom and blah, blah, blah. And your senior year and everything like that. Um, and you get super excited and you're just like, oh, I just want to go off to college. As normal as it is to think all of those things and it's fine to think all of those things. You can do that all day long. I truly think that, um, we sort of just get so ahead of ourselves and the same thing for college like whenever you're sitting there thinking about post-grad life and you're just like ugh like I'm just ready to get out of this just try your best to be present and be in the moment so that you can maximize the opportunities you get out of it and I know I've said that before but that those are like my two biggest pieces of advice um for that so how can we make the high school to college transition go smoothly socially and school-wise um who school-wise I personally didn't have that big of a transition um going from high school to college it was more so of like lower division the upper division in college that's when the big like school transition happened because lower division for me was no different from high school I thought it was a breeze personally like that was just my experience but um I some of my high school classes like the college like courses I took in high school were actually really hard so I think that prepared me really well for my lower division business courses and everything Um, and my transition was more so between lower division and upper division. I think that I can't emphasize enough how important it is to try your best to do your best your freshman year. Don't just like write off your grades that year and say like, oh, this is, these classes are going to be easy. So I'm just not going to study and I'm going to do the bare minimum to just pass. No, 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 no. Do not do that because then (laughs) whenever the really hard classes come, you're not really going to have a cushion because you didn't really try your freshman year and um or you didn't try as hard as you could have and I'm not saying you need to go out there and make like all straight A's and everything but I mean if you can go for it but for me personally I made like all A pluses and A's in my first like year and a half of college and y'all have no idea how much that helped me because there were two straight semesters where my grades were straight B's and then like one C it was like B's, B pluses, B minuses, C, and I was like, dang, my GPA is probably going to tank because I'm just making straight B's right now, and then senior year rolled around, and I made like probably like four or five more A's in total, 
and I still graduated with like a 38999 because I had such a good cushion from lower division and I'm so so thankful that I you know was so on top of things and I worked really hard to like make those good grades because y'all if I just kind of coasted through freshman and sophomore year um the first half of sophomore year at least I would have been in trouble grade wise not necessarily in trouble but you know I have to have a certain GPA for my scholarship so like obviously I'm gonna aim for that and like try and always be above that and not ever have to stress about it um so that's one thing and you know some people may disagree with me and may say like now enjoy your freshman year I'm not saying that like you need to just like put be nose in book all the time freshman year. I'm just saying try, like actually try to do well, try to understand the material because honestly, some of those classes are going to be the foundation on what your upper division builds on. Sometimes they're not really relevant, but sometimes they're really important. Like I can tell you my accounting, my intro to accounting class, if I didn't understand any of that, I would have not made it through my accounting degree. So it is important. Um, as far as socially goes, just expect a lot of change and expect a lot of um, just shifting going on. But the biggest piece of advice I can give for that adjustment is putting yourself out there. And I know I've said that before too, but you will not make um, any new friends. You will not like have all these new experiences and everything if you do not put yourself out there and get out of your comfort zone. Because everything good, um, not everything good, but everything that you haven't experienced before and all those things that are going to provide you with so much more experience and friendships and knowledge and everything all of that happens when you step outside of your comfort zone so that's super super important so um what is your drink order at the bar i thought this one was fun so oh my gosh i don't even remember (laughs) i feel like my my senior year of college what i always did i just ordered a tito's with water and I would bring liquid crystal light in my purse. Um, and it was like a strawberry lemonade flavor. And I would just squeeze that in. And it was great. But um, it would taste so good. And like not like alcohol anymore half the time. So you have to be really careful with that. Because you obviously don't want to be like downing them as if they're water. <laughs> um, but I don't really like soda water. So that's just because I'm not a big carbonation person. It just makes me burp a ton. And it makes my stomach hurt from all the bubbles and everything. So I typically just do like Tito's and water. And then... Um, another drink like if I don't have crystal light because like that was like such I don't think I would do that now um it was just easy for me (laughs) in that year of college I guess but um another great drink is like if the bar has like deep eddies lemon vodka getting that with water and like a ton of lemons and squeezing the lemons in it or even like with limes that's super good to me um I if I'm like at a more of like a casual like sitting bar I'm because right now I'm thinking of like more club style bars but like that would be like the college town type of bars um so for those that's where I get like the Tito's with water and stuff like that um and then if I'm at like more of like a classy casual like sitting down like chatting type of bar I normally like to get one of the cocktails that they have just because I think that it's always fun to get like the cocktails that you know they've specially made for their place so um typically a cocktail with tequila or vodka and I love margaritas more than anything um so a nice or even like a paloma um I'm literally just like sitting here like saying so many different things (laughs) but basically if it's um Tito's like vodka or some sort of like Patron um I like love tequila so much it's like probably my favorite um and I love margaritas so that's that and next question is um 
how I plan on, like, making friends, um, post-grad and, like, going into Houston, I'm so grateful that that's, like, where my boyfriend grew up and a lot of his friends are still there that we know, and obviously those are his friends, but, you know, they, a lot of his friends have, you know, friends or girlfriends or something like that that I have gotten to know, so that's really great. Um, I have a good friend there from when I interned in Houston three years ago that I will probably, like, be living close to and everything, so I'm super excited for that. So I'm not going to be, like, going into a city not knowing anybody. Um, It will be very new for me still, um, being somewhere that large and everything, but I think in general, like, um, I think a lot of it is going to be meeting people through work and then meeting people through, like, mutual friends Um, because that's honestly how college has been for me. Um, (laughs) It's been a lot of, like oh, people I met um, through a class, or it's people I meet through a mutual friend. Like, I have a friend, and then they have a friend, and I end up becoming friends with a friend, too. And that's just sort of, like, how um, I'm thinking it's going to go. I don't really have advice for it yet, because I haven't been through that yet, but hopefully that um, answers your question. What is your biggest fear in going into the real world? My biggest fear is that I'm going to settle um I don't like the idea of settling with anything in my life I don't I just always want to just feel like I am fulfilling my potential like I really hate the feeling which I know that like there are going to be periods of life that are you know a lot more slow paced and maybe like not as much going on and maybe not even slow paced that's totally not the right word but maybe it's just like there's not a lot of growth going on that's totally normal and I get that but I just always want to feel like, you know, I'm doing the best I can, um, and I think that naturally I always try to do that, so I'm not too worried about that, but I think that in general, just the whole stepping into the real world, the most anxiety that comes with that for me is just, like, the career itself, um, so honestly, that's my biggest fear, is, like, what am I going to be doing, and I, like, have this pressure that I need to be knowing what job I'm going to have in 10 years. Why? Why do I need to know that? I don't need to know that. It's not going to change anything right now, and um, I'm not going to know, and I just want to always, like, have an open mind. Like, I don't want to have, like, closed off thoughts about certain things or um, because I feel like that affects your experience, and I'm mainly, like, referring to work right now. I just always want to keep, like, an open mind, and I want to um, just always, like, put my best foot forward and do my best, but I think my biggest fear is just, like, my career because I feel like I need to be perfectly prepared for everything I'm going to be doing in life, so I'm, like, I want to know what's next and, like, what's going to be there, what I'm going to be doing in 10 years, 15 years, 5 years, whatever, but um, I think that that's, like, the scariest thing to me is just, like, not knowing what I'm going to be doing. 10 years from now like that's kind of scary because my whole life it's been like you go from middle school to high school you go to high school to college and then you enjoy college and you know you go through college and then you just work through finding a job and then you get that first job and then it's like everything after that is scary to me um so yeah that's that so this next question was sent through dms and it says i always want to post on snapchat or instagram but i often find myself thinking nobody cares what you're doing or feeling like people are going to judge me i always have to give myself a pep talk to post and then usually end up deleting it later any tips on how to get over this so i have a lot to say about this just because i've been there done that and now i am someone who literally just does not care at all and i think part of the reason i don't care is because i'm not so obsessive with numbers anymore now that i do have an audience and that's something that comes with growing an audience I think once you get like a decent size like even if it's like 
just relatively small, you just kind of start, or I personally stopped caring so much about the numbers, like how many likes I got, how many people were following me, like how many comments I got. I just kind of stopped caring about that stuff just because I knew I was at least getting like more than I ever have before, if that makes sense. However, I will say that a lot of times when I go like on Twitter and I'm like wanting to like rant tweet something, I will be in the middle of typing something. A lot of times what I do is I will literally just type something out if I'm like wanting to tweet it and I just save it to my drafts. And then I nine times out of 10 don't even think about that tweet again. So my drafts are so full. And the reason why I do that is because a lot of times I go back and look at tweets and I'm like, why did I even like post this because nobody cares literally nobody cares and sometimes even while I'm typing it I like will backspace and just tell myself this literally does not matter um but honestly here's the thing I see that you say you find yourself thinking nobody cares what you're doing and going off of that honestly it is not that deep it is social media it's you know your platform It's also a platform that everyone else uses, but your personal profile should reflect like what you want to post and like what you want to share. And if you are constantly finding yourself saying nobody cares what I'm doing or feeling like people are judging you, you aren't posting it for you. You can say all day long that you're trying to like do you and post things for you, but if you are taking other what other people may say, it's not even guaranteed that they're saying anything. Like you are making all this up in your head that you know, what if they say this or what if they think this about me or what if no one cares? Okay, well, what if one person cares and that one person um, gets something out of it? You know what I mean? Like you're writing off all the people who could get something out of it just in case like one person doesn't care or judges you. And those are all thoughts that you're having before you've even done anything. So you're having all these thoughts about what you're posting, but it's crazy because you haven't even posted it yet and you're sitting there telling yourself people are going to judge me and nobody cares what I'm doing and you haven't even posted it yet. Just take a step back for a second and think of just like how irrational that is for us to be so hard on ourselves about something so tiny and small and just doesn't that something that doesn't even matter that much in the grand scheme of things. We get this into it, I guess you could say. Um, It's kind of crazy to think, but I totally get where you're coming from and you're totally valid in feeling that way. I just want to emphasize that Instagram is not that deep. Social media is not that deep. There's so much more to life than what you see and what you post on Instagram. So at the end of the day, you know, post what you want to post. And if you are sitting there dwelling so hard on what other people may think of you or what other people may say about what you post, you are literally, not only are you letting other people control your life, you're actually doing your social media for the pleasure of other people instead of the pleasure of yourself you know like what makes you happy to post on instagram not what's going to please the majority of my audience to post on instagram you need to think about you know you yourself and just tell yourself i'm doing this for me and believe that because you can tell yourself all day long that you're doing it for you but the second you end up deleting a post or you just put off posting something or you never post something because you're thinking too hard about what people may say, you're not doing it for you. You're doing it for everyone else because you're letting them control what you do and don't post based off of something they may not even say or think. So that's the biggest advice I have for that. And once you can kind of let go of obsessing over like the what ifs of posting on social media, like what if someone doesn't like this or what if someone judges me for it, 
social media gets a lot easier to use. And honestly, from a content creator standpoint where I do have a following, like I said, I do feel that it is so much easier to just post random like photo dumps that, you know, typically won't get as many likes. I do not give a flying anything because that it doesn't get more any or as many likes personally because I like I just it doesn't mean anything to me like I couldn't tell you how many likes like my last picture got or two pictures ago got because I just don't pay any attention to it and maybe I should because it's part of my like job but I personally don't just because I don't post it for other people I don't post it for other people's gratification I don't post it to make other people you know I don't know, happy. I mean, I want my posts to make other people feel happy, but I post it because it's stuff I like and stuff I want to share. So once you can get to that point, it gets a lot better, but I will say that it is um, hard to get to that point and you kind of just have to jump over that hurdle of not caring what others think and sort of take the reins over your own life and do all you can to be fully in control of your life and not let other people people's what-ifs and their opinions get to you so hard to the point to where they're literally controlling what you're posting on social media because chances are if they have that much power over what you post on social media I'm thinking that other people's opinions probably have a lot of power over you in other places of your life as well when they shouldn't so I don't know maybe take that with a grain of salt but that's just what I'm thinking whenever I hear that question how do you and Griff handle arguments um we are both very like hot-headed high-tempered people and I know you're probably thinking, like, how does that even work? Like, what in the world? Um, Over the years, like, our communication has gotten a lot better. Um, Obviously, like, that's probably the case for most people in relationships. You know, it takes a while to, like, figure out each other's communication styles and get used to each other and everything like that. But we typically, like, our arguments are best handled when we let it cool for a second and we both, like, retreat from (laughs) the issue at hand and take a minute to sort of just say, like, or sort of think to ourselves, like, okay, let's reflect, like, individually and then come together. And I think that's the best way for our arguments to work. They never go well or get anywhere when we both are just acting off of our high emotions at the time. Um, Because, you know, like, we may, something, you know, may happen and then, like, we're arguing and then we have all this buildup and emotional buildup while we're arguing. So then we end up, like, just not getting anywhere because we're both like butting heads and we're both very high tempered. So we're, and we both just think like I'm someone, I, one of my biggest like flaws is I struggle with, which I talked a lot about this last week. I really struggle when I'm um, in the wrong. So like sometimes I don't take constructive criticism that well. And sometimes I don't see that I'm in the wrong until someone presents it to me. And that's something I'm really working on. Like I am not perfect, but I try so hard to be. So when I'm not, it's like, wait a minute. Like I did something, I did something really wrong and I need to like prevent that from happening again, you know, that kind of thing. So for me, I really need that reflection. I need it to be brought to my attention so that I can reflect on it and like work towards fixing it. And I think like giving each other grace is another thing. Like we know, like if we have a habit that like the other that drives the other crazy or something like that. Um, Let me just think of, like, a stupid example that's, like, not real. Um, Say Griffin, like, couldn't stand if I, like, left, um, like, all my shoes, like, all over the apartment. And I was just, like, bad about working on that or something. Like, if he brought it up to me, I would do my best to, like, work on that. But because it's been a habit of mine for so long, I'm not going to 
be perfect with it like immediately like it's gonna take me time to like learn how to always put my shoes away if that makes sense um so I think like we give each other that grace to like have that time to like work towards it like whenever we um have an argument or something and we're like okay we re- we really need to work on this individually or we need to do something as a couple we know that it's not going to take one time to get it perfect and I think that that's something that's really important that a lot of couples they think that just because they've addressed something that it's going to be fixed right away and it takes like both people working towards it if it's like an us problem and um that's another thing like we I feel like our arguments are so much more productive and like we actually like get a resolution when we're thinking of us versus the problem and not you versus me and I'm sure you all have heard that before but a lot of times like both of us are naturally very defensive people so a lot of times we find ourselves like we're in an argument and we're just like defending ourselves and then we like kind of think like this is getting nowhere (laughs) so then we're like what is the actual problem and how like this is us versus the problem let's start thinking about it's you or stop thinking about you versus me for a minute since we're both so naturally defensive and let's just think about us versus the problem instead if that makes any sense at all um (laughs) I hope that that makes sense but that that's sort of like the biggest thing I think is thinking us versus the problem giving each other grace with like working towards things um because you know we're not going to be perfect um when we're trying to fix something and um whatever the first thing I said was which was oh yeah giving ourselves time to like retreat and reflect and then coming back together to address it and I got a few questions about um just sort of like how to allow space for you and your boyfriend while living together and what it's like living together. I feel like I've answered this a million times across my YouTube channel and podcast, but as far as allowing space, um, I definitely get a lot of questions about like having like the separate, like having a separate space to go into and everything. If you can do it like financially, I highly recommend like having a separate space if possible for you to just have like your own little space that is yours for when you need it. Because especially with COVID, like with us being at home so, so much more than usual, I don't know how anyone's like living in a one bedroom apartment right now with their significant other and like not going crazy because, you know, Griffin has his own hobbies. I have my own hobbies and we might frustrate each other if we're both trying to like do them at the same time. Like he loves to, you know, stream on Twitch when he's playing Call of Duty and play with his buddies which is obviously him talking and everything. I really like to, you know, watch YouTube videos or read a book or, you know, edit videos. And I can't really do that with other noise going on. So it's important for us to have some separate space um, for us to do and enjoy both of our hobbies. Because I think everyone, everyone in a relationship should be entitled to enjoy their hobbies because it's part of their own lifestyle and their independent life. Um, you know, you don't want to blend yourself so much into the other person that everything you do is together and even your hobbies are together because you'll eventually lose yourself in that and then be like wait what do I even enjoy anymore and yeah so I think that if you can definitely try and like find an apartment or something where there's other space that you can make your own even if it's something as small as like a little chair with a small bookshelf for you to sit in and read a book or a journal or something It can be as small as that. It does not have to be a whole freaking bedroom, but just creating a space that is yours can help so, so much whenever you just feel that need to like get away, but you're you're just at home. And I think it's just really helped us a lot with adjusting the living together. And then now that we're going to be moving to Houston, we were originally planning on doing a one bedroom, but now that like work from home is 
probably going to be the future um, for both of us for the most part. We're like, okay, do we probably need a two-bedroom because we're both going to have desks and I need my desk anyways for YouTube even if I wasn't working from home. So it's like, okay, well, we're going to need a two-bedroom. So now that we've like adjusted the living together, we could go into a one-bedroom, but now that work from home is a thing, we're definitely looking at um, smaller two-bedroom floor plans because that seems to make the most sense for us to be able to efficiently work from home. So that's that. Um, spring bucket list. Last and la- la- blah, 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 blah. Okay, last but not least, spring bucket list. I really don't know. I think one thing I'm like really into right now, I'm like trying to figure out what on earth my style is. And I'm just really confused because I feel like I dress like seven different styles. I have like a very boho like surfer style of me that's like very organic from growing up and like my home town and everything and just like the way I dress growing up. And then I have like a very like work classy. I love like the um, more business attire, like the blazers with like the nice blouses, nice pants or jeans or something. Love that. And then I also am like, oh, the very trendy street style. And then also very, like, fun, flashy outfits whenever, you know, you're getting dinner or going out or something. Um, I just am all across the board. So I think one thing that I have kind of noticed this week I've been, like, having the desire to do is just, like, find my personal style because I feel like it's a lot more wasteful when you don't really have, like, your own style because you're constantly trying out so many different trends And that ends up getting really wasteful because you have, like, all these clothes that are not cohesive. Like, they can't really go together. And I feel like that's how my closet is right now. The only things that go together are my, like, casual loungewear, which is, like, the sweatshirts and the hoodies and the t-shirts and, like, leggings and sweatpants. Like, all that stuff can go together. But I feel like everything else in my closet is mismatched. Like, the pants I have don't really go well with the shirts I have. Or the shirts I have don't go well with, you know, that kind of thing. So I think finding my personal style and just sort of, like, revamping that. And I kind of want to try and do it through, like, Depop. I ordered a few things off Depop, and I'm really sad because the jeans I got, like, literally did not go over my quads. Like, I got them an inch above my knee, and I was like, these aren't going any higher. (laughs) So I'm really sad about that. That's the one bummer about Depop is, um, and buying, like, online um, stuff that is used, or even if it's not used, you know, you run the risk of it not fitting, but I can't really return it. So um, trying to find some things through Depop just because I feel like it's a lot I don't know because I want my style to like not be so basic but at the same time I don't even know what my style is so I'm like where would I even how do I go about like finding that so that's one thing um I want to get just I want to keep up my routine with just like working out a lot and consistently because I'm like really in the phase of like seeing results right now and it's like I just I'm so proud of myself so I want to keep up with that I want to keep up with reading a lot of books um spend a lot of time outdoors in the sun I feel like I can become such a hermit sometimes unintentionally to where it's like I will it will be such a beautiful day but I like tell myself like I just want to be lazy and sit on the couch but in reality I get on the couch and I sit there all day and I end up not being satisfied with my day because I didn't do anything enjoyable except for sit there which is enjoyable for like an hour but after an hour I want to do other stuff but I sort of just write my whole day off like I'm very guilty of doing that sometimes and I have noticed um on the weekends when I've like spent time outside and everything I have been in such a better mood when I have gone out of my way to go on you know more walks or just sit on my balcony or sit outside of a coffee shop 
really enjoying the time outside. Um, so yeah, that's kind of everything I can think of off the top of my head because I wanted to answer all these off the top of my head because I feel like they just are more genuine that way. But that's everything. I've been chatting for a hot minute and I have to get on my Zoom session for my graduate position right now. So I love you all so much. Thank you so much for listening to this. I hope it was valuable or at least entertaining. Um, take everything I say with a grain of salt. Like if it helps you, it helps you. If it doesn't, like it's not supposed to help every single person. Like this is not a one size fits all. Um, and so just always remember that. <laughs> like you're not, I, I'm not requiring you to like listen to anything I say and take it to heart. But I am here to just like talk and share things. So keep that in mind. And I love you all. And I hope you have an amazing week. Take care of yourself. Love yourself. Um, You're amazing. You are beautiful. You are literally my best friend. Even if you have never met me before, (laughs) if you're listening to this, I literally love the crap out of you because you just help me so much more than you know. And um, I appreciate your support more than anything. And I will talk to you all next Monday. So have a great day and have a great week.